Quiet on the set. Action. Welcome to the Movie Machine Podcast, where we make up a film based on a random prompt from the internet. I am joined by these three guys. I mean, I could say something that they did, but you're wise to our antics by now. Just a bunch of nobodies who have to... I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway, whose name are our writer, Jacob Gulliver, our director, Kyle Decker, and our producer, Ian Nystrom, who actually did produce Star Wars. So, um... Which one? All of them. Wow. Way to go, man. It's probably like a career. Right. It's just your nobodies. Your so inc- nobodies. Does that, that include the Ewok films down. that are unwatchable? You better believe it. The only thing I wasn't responsible for, Star Wars Christmas special. Hmm. So, um, See, I'd almost give you props for that, but now you just don't have commitment. Right. Kyle, Kyle actually produced that one. Hence, still nobody status. Okay, so the theme of the story is a wacky quest. The main character is an unstable marine. The major event of the story, compromise. All right. So first off, when we're talking about Marine, we're not talking about a United States Marine. We're not talking about a soldier. We're talking about a fish man. Yes. So what what I'm imagining is this story about it's set on another planet. It's going to be, you know, elsewhere in space. No no connection to, to Earth. This this is a, a Marine creature. This is... Fishman is perhaps a crude word, and we're going to call him Glorb. <laughs> Glorb is one of many of this his species. And I like the idea of telling most of this without using a lot of dialogue. So we can kind of see like their society, and they have this underwater space built. All organic creations, no like uh, metal or anything infrastructure. All their buildings and stuff are like grown, and his world is mostly water. There's only some small bits of land, and throughout the course of the film. There's going to be another alien species that arrives on the planet. These are going to be beings of, like, energy. So they're they're kind of contained in these suits, and they're looking for a, a new place to colonize or to make their home. So their sort of incursion will be the beginnings of this, this conflict, which will, you know, ultimately end up in, you know, some some battles and some territory wars these two species going in. Of course, the sea people, they're not very technologically advanced, these marine creatures. Again, we're not telling this, we're telling this kind of without dialogue. I'm just going to call them the marine and the energy, because that makes things easy for writing purposes. The marine are kind of, they're not very technologically advanced. They have a lot of purpose, they have a lot of dedication to their community and everything, but in comparison to the energy creatures who can just, you know, pull energy from themselves and wield it like a weapon, or have you know powerful technologies it's very difficult so ultimately they're going to go to battle with each other and the the process of the movie is going to be figuring out how to find the balance can the energy creatures you know find a way to survive and you know make their needs evident can the marine creatures survive will their ecosystem and infrastructure continue to live on or is this something where they're not going to be able to do it and one has to triumph over the other and i think we should have a lot of like back and forth there should be a lot of dangerous situations i'm thinking like you know maybe the energy creatures trying to destabilize the planet or something 
I'm kind of open to like the individual elements and you know I want to see what the studio says and then last but not least of course we need a title for this film and it's The Conquest of Ages alright awesome so Kyle the script for The Conquest of Ages has been brought over to you through the belly of a whale just coughed it right onto your desk and swam off so what are you going to do to make this was, make money it was just my dad in a whale costume right, so well I mean my job's not to make this make money I, I'm an auteur this is my art you know Star Wars Holiday Special aside I think I have a good idea but what this screams to me you know what we haven't had for a while like Biggs kind of this, this kind of screams sci-fi epic and we've had some big huge budget sci-fi films recently that have gone eh, like at the box office and everything but you know what we haven't had in ages we haven't had an animated epic you know that Atlantis animated movie and Titan AE I'm pretty sure they were super successful box office hits and so we're gonna make this whole thing animated but we're gonna do we're gonna cast real actors and do like full on modern mocap we're gonna do animation like in that that Polar Express movie but with modern technology so we don't have scary ass Tom Hanks on Canny Valley <laughs> speaking of Tom Hanks we can't afford him in this movie but our lead electric man is gonna be like this kind of bloodthirsty general we're gonna get him and he's gonna be leading played by Stephen Lang he's gonna be that actor and then the 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 fishmen the the marine Marine. peoples their leader is gonna be played by Tessa Thompson because we want a softer edge she's hot right now as far like popular she's she's good she's hot always she was awesome in Creed she was outstanding in Thor Ragnarok but she's not necessarily a household name yet we're gonna make her a household name she's gonna the lead the the sea peoples and then we're gonna have Stephen Lang's like second command lieutenant it's gonna be someone who starts questioning his evilness and everything and tries to pull him back in and uh we're gonna cast taika watiti in that i know he usually directs his own stuff but who's not gonna love like he's so cute when he talks like come on man let's just be friends it's okay come on man and he's just always so nice even when he's kind of mean like even we're gonna have a love interest as well for tessa thompson's character because she's gonna be the matriarch of the fishmen the marine peoples and everything and she's gonna have a love interest and uh we're gonna we're gonna play around kind of their, their whole society is all female presenting and then when they mate they just find a couple kind of like the asari and uh Mass Effect and everything, and Lapita Nyong'o is going to be the other cast. So our main cast is Taika Waititi, Stephen Lang, Tessa Thompson, and Lupita Nyong'o. Just like really good. And Lupita Nyong'o, as far as putting on the mocap stuff, as Maz Kanata in The Last Jedi, like Ian can t- attest how good she is at that. So we're just going to tap into that like unholy knowledge of that. She is she is the female Andy Serkis in that regard, you know. And we're going to rock it, but the whole thing's going to be kind of like mo-capped, CGI rotoscoped, for lack of a better term. But it allows to do these really amazing landscapes. I want to blow people's minds with alien worlds. I want everything to look like it takes place in another galaxy. And we're going to keep it lean. We're going to keep it like... I know the original script was like 420 pages long. Yeah, Um, I'm sorry about that. You're really into the world building, which I appreciate. you got a lot to work on. But we're going to chop it down to 90 minutes. It's going to be a nice lean... In and out, keep the kids happy. We're gonna put some fart jokes in for the kids and not keep it too dark, but still hit some serious meat memos about colonialism and all that crap. And there we go. Okay. Also, fun fact for you at home: the last Airbender script was also 400 pages long and cut down to 90 minutes. So uh, anyway, so Ian, how are you gonna make this make money? Well, moving away from one avatar to another avatar. 
I've got some dirt on James Cameron, and I think that we can get him to step in financially on this project. Having James Cameron fun movies is a movie machine tradition. Well, that's good. We know that if we want to do a sci-fi epic that feels very immersive and is placed in an entirely another world, I mean, his money's as good as anybody else's. So, what can we say? We'll get that Avatar money. They had a budget of, what, $230 million, something like that? We're going to do $250 million. Anyway, we're going to have a lot of money. A lot of money, a lot of power. We're going to get drunk on power, get drunk on money. We're going to throw so much money at them, they won't know what to do with it. So We'll find something to do with it, I promise. Just lots of mocap suits. Oh, that does sound pretty appropriate for someone who's made every Star Wars movie. Yeah, right. Just throw money at it until it works. We also have seen from the recent success of Shape of Water, Fishmen, hot. They're hot right now. Gotta capitalize on that Fishman. So this is my direction to you. More Fishman. We want to really sell this world and the immersive nature of the whole biosphere that they've got going on here. Because we we talked a lot about the world building. You had that 400-page script. We're going to take a lot of that stuff that you're cutting out when you read it on 90 Minutes, and we're going to release... Gonna make some, we're going to make some mini-sodes, put them out on the web as part of the marketing. It's going to be great. Do I have anything else to say? No. You do take that money and you do what you want with it. This is your money. You earned it. You know, buddies. All right. Wow. So, um, Jacob, you have had to cut out a large amount of the script, but you're also getting $250 million, and the only other requirement is more fishmen. Yeah. So what are you going to do with this... No, that's perfect. I had some kind of ideas. I was visualizing this whole, like, you know, VR visualizer rig that I got from the producer is really helping me put that together. I have some ideas for kind of, like, that visual storytelling thing, because, like I said, we're pretty light on dialogue. So, like, sort of stuff where we're, like, we don't cut away. Like, it seems like it's the same shot, and we're, like, flying through shit and, like, seeing out of one character's eyes as they do a thing and then, like... As they like turn their head, it becomes another character, and we're like looking through them, and like so. I've got I've got this kind of like layered in elements of that, and the first ten minutes is like the history of this this world, like building up to where the marine have gotten to now. So we're gonna see like the the evolution of these creatures and how they've changed over time, how their cities were built, so we can establish like that these are. A very, very interesting, you know, forward-focused, compassionate fish people. We'll see lots of different generations of them as well, so we can get some fish people romance going on, because I know that's what the producer wanted. I'm having a tough time making them, like... Like, because the obvious evolution from Shape of Water would be to, like, actually show the dick. But these are all female characters, so I don't know if that's going to work the same way, I guess. Just legs. So, yeah. That's what you did in your world building. You said they all lay eggs. Right, yeah. So they're just going to, like, lay eggs. How centrally can they lay eggs? Uh, we'll, we'll try. We'll try with it. You know, I, I kind of have to leave that up to the director. but And then the, the energy people will get this sequence where we can kind of see, like, they have this they have this whole thing where, you know, they've been kind of somewhat attacked by now third race. We have the money. Why not? Which is kind of like big, you know, lumpy, kind of like trollish creature things. Like, I'm basically picturing, like, halfway between uh, Taika's character and Thor Ragnarok and, like, an orc from D&D, like, kind of in there. They've been attacked by this, and they're trying to branch out and find these new worlds. So we have their, like, arrival on the planet and them, like, surveying it, and they figure out this one is the the right world. We can reestablish a colony here. We can survive. We can make our way. Um, And then as they kind of conflict, as they go through, the end of the movie will be finding a way 
for them to work with each other and build this kind of society that benefits each other. So have this symbiotic relationship between the two. And at that point, the this third space race, which I'm going to call the Mlerps. The Mlerps will come in and the, the energy and the marine are going to battle the Mlerp together. All right. There's an accent on the top of it, so that's why you have to do the up. Mlerp. Yeah, Mlerps. Mlerp. All right. So, Kyle, you've gotten all this extra money. You've gotten yeah, some script changes. So, the first thing I'm going to do, I'm literally going to come to the studio with 17 suitcases full of cash and go, we really don't need this. I made a really sleek, lean, 90-minute, exciting, popcorn-munching film for $50 million. You will quadruple your return. It will be great. Not everything needs to be a tentpole. I promise this will resound. This will do so well in China. Like... Transformers and, and Triple X Return of Xander Cage did well in China just because they had a diverse cast and they were visually interesting. That's what we have. And we can make so much money, especially overseas with my original cut. But if you insist on making this monstrosity, you know what? I, I'm an honest director. I'll do what you say. I like having another race. We can spend a lot of money on the effects. We're going to actually make some rigs with the mocap suits and put them on like the big stilts and everything to really make them like big, you know, 14 foot treeman type. They're kind of like trees, but they're like slug trees. Kind of like visually, they're going to be like a cross between Dr. Seuss and an H.R. Geiger painting. They Sounds won't. Hot. Yeah. They won't talk. They'll they'll actually just like blast psychic emotions of like hate and anger into people's brains when they attack, and they'll just kind of be the embodiment of rage and everything. And that's when the fishmen and the electric people have to bond together. We'll have this great like moment where they work together, and it costs forty million dollars of budget, but we did this insane three-part battle of a whole bunch of the three races on the planet fighting with all kinds of cool stuff with like exoskeleton suits worn by the electricity people and all these great like primitive technology of like catapults and like siege towers and everything used by the fishmen and like the these uh sentient bubbles and they're riding like fishmen and giant amphibious dinosaurs big on the planet and then above space you have the 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 giant spaceships of the electricity people crashing in to the carved out bug things that the Millerps fly and then all of the war battle no, the fishmen haven't made it to space so they're not in the space battle it's just electric people versus Millerps and the Millerps have very organic ships versus the high technology and we'll just make it it'll be lots of they're not plot points they're just sounds and effects like we're going full Michael Bay in, in like we're just gonna wow you by packing everything on screen and making it dense but unlike Michael Bay we'll have cameras follow shots and actions so you know what the fuck's going on but we'll make it big and we'll make it like 14 minutes long because we have to spend this money somewhere we might as well do it with a big epic 14 minute space battle that cuts into this epic land battle and it'll be really cool I really implore to take the 90 minute cut of the $50 million budget and take the other $200 million budget you make and make four other movies. That's what I... Or just another Star Wars movie because you know it'll make money. Like, I I don't claim to be a business guy, but I, I really believe in the original 90-minute lean cut. It's very pretty. It's very concise. But ultimately, it's not my call. That's all I got. All right. And Kyle, I just want to applaud you for your consistency. I remember you said the exact same thing to George Lucas on the holiday special. You know, he gave you all this money and you just said, you know, I want to make this smaller. I want to make this 
just focus on the family of the Wookiees and so yeah. just honestly to use up the budget because he told me to have minimum mon- money left I literally just took the whole casting crew out to like a pinball arcade every night after shooting that's all I knew what to do with the money alright well fun fact for the Wikipedia. make sure to update that alright so Ian they've taken your advice and just kind of there have been some strong reactions on your decisions here so what are you going to do before the film gets released any changes well, it's strong men who make strong decisions. I really value their input. I value their not spending of the money because I mean, this was this was really a test. It was because we had a lot of money, but it turns out James Cameron's lawyers are a lot better than my lawyers. And the dirt that I thought I had him wasn't as dirty as I thought. So it's a good thing that that ninety-minute cut was because because <laughs> the about about. Somewhere between uh, two hundred million of that uh, fifty million, uh, that two hundred fifty million dollars is uh, n- not as apparent as I originally have thought it was going to be. Do um, some of your Star Wars money. I mean, you gotta have just like like a planet's worth of cash. I, that's currently invested in the building of my own life-size Death Star. Okay, well that's so fair. you know <laughs> we won't go there, but ninety-minute cut is great. We're going to leave it at that. And I've got some court dates that I need to get to, so we're going to make this pretty quick. We love the the third race. They're pretty good. They're they're nice. We like them. They're, well, they're not nice. I mean, they're, they're mean. They're, I have everything embodied. ready to go, but all I really have is concept art and, like, one set of stilts with a stuntman in them. So we haven't really spent the money yet. Unless you say go, and then we're going to do that big fuck-all $50 million battle. <laughs> Okay, because we're we got we've got the we got the ninety minute cut. We like that. It's good. Our web team has been doing really great with their viral marketing. We're cutting a lot of the extra footage from memory, the original script. We're talking about that. Putting them out as webisodes. We're getting a lot of positive buzz. Generating, getting got a mobile app tied into the thing. It's a little kind of like a little mobile RTS. People are loving it. We're poised to strike. Strike like not cobras because we're underwater. So eels. Strike like those eels, we're gonna hit the market, we're gonna hit them right in their tender spot, which is the love of fishmen. Everybody loves fishmen. Talk to you guys later. Alright, so just to be clear, are you removing the lerps? We're doing the $50 million budget 90-minute cut that just has the, the fishmen and the electric people. Okay. We're, gonna, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep the lerps on ice. We'll start generating buzz for a sequel. Alright. Plus I got a hidden camera in, in Cameron's office. I think we're gonna nail him eventually. We'll call so, the show Cameron Camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm going to um, plug this data into the movie machine, which sounds like splashing water. So this is interesting. So, well, first off, on the more cynical side of thing, you may have cut ties with James Cameron, but that doesn't stop people from calling this Avatar 2. Yes! Um, which isn't, they mean that not necessarily in the nicest of ways. Um, the critics say that it's just, oh, you know, it's, it's nice visual showing this world and everything, but, you know, there's no meat to the story at all. It's just kind of showing off what cool things you have. And, and the effects aren't great. They look like they were only made for $50 million, which isn't as great for an effect heavy, but you attract all the people who want to see, you know, a trippy kind of film. It's very visually nice. A lot of people like putting mashup soundtracks to it and making sort of a music video for it. So it's probably a good thing that you removed the Mlerp name because 
just the names so far. People do say that some of the serious moments were kind of ruined just because some of their names were a little goofy. But probably what you get the most attention for is the egg-laying scenes. So sensual. A, a common joke being is like, I don't know if I'm aroused by this or not. I'm, I'm very confused right now. I, they have the weirdest boners. Right, exactly. Trust me, they know. And like, <laughs> so that kind of takes a lot of attention for good or bad, just Man, you gotta see this movie. There's an egg-laying scene. I don't know. I don't know how I'm feeling about this. A lot of your revenue comes from overseas too, where you know the visual and standpoint and things. And you know you make your money back. You probably wouldn't have if you spent 250 million. But for a 50 million dollar budget, you did get your money back. It's just a strange reaction. But with that being said, you have some time travel magic to change anything you wanna about this film. If you want to see what the parallel universe where you did spend all that money was, or any other changes. Yeah, I mean, all in all, it turned out fine, I guess. I mean, you know, as much as I love the design for the Mlerbs, you know, the the stuff that Kyle sent over was frankly ridiculous. Because, I mean, <laughs> a 14-foot-tall Mlerb, I mean, that's, that's wild. Because, I mean, on their home planet of Autogonus, there's, like, this tree, the Kultrungus, that they live inside of. And those, those are, like... 12 feet at maximum, so there's no way it could be like 14 feet tall. It's wild. So I guess, you know, I'm, I do like them though. I think I'm going to develop like a side project, like do, you see if I can get the licensing and do some sort of like prequel or, you know, like an offshoot, like a spinoff from this with that. Keep it low budget, but still do something really interesting with it. And, you know, the other thing, you know, of course we, we got to leave the storyline as it is, but you know, this this is really too epic of a story to be quantified in, in ages. This this film needs to be the conquest of eons. That's what I'm thinking. Beyond that, yeah, you know, I have layered all of my clothes with dollars and I gotta say, I'm feeling toasty, you know, it's it's uh, better insulation than cotton seems to be, so I don't know, maybe I'll start like finding ways to sell clothes made out of money. It's probably illegal, so I won't do that. <laughs> just I'm just enterprising, I guess. All right, uh, Kyle? So, I mean, how, how much in the hole are we? I mean, did it at least no, make money? Oh, I, what I give a shit. I'm a working director. Like, I'm going to get another job. Like, hey, look, oh, look, your film made $200 million overseas and $80 million domestic. It, it barely made its budget back domestic, but, like, that's how, that was the strategy all along. It was the Pacific Rim strategy. We knew we'd barely break even domestic, but it was all about, you know, Asia and South America loving their genre films, and that's what we made for them, and shit, I'm happy. I don't, I don't care about Oscars. I care about, do I get another job? I get another job. Let's move on. This is all good, man. I'm sorry that I, I, I so to be fair on Mlerps, when you, when you, Mlerps? Mlerps, you don't even know the when, name. Jeez. When you listen to the trees, guy? there was a, there was a typo. You said, you just said they were 12 feet tall. I have the original notes here. You said each tree was 122 feet tall. You added an extra two there on your keyboard. So I figured for them to have these big cities in there instead of tiny, they'd have to be big 14 foot tall things. So I'm sorry. That was your typo. Like that's you know that's like the whole Stonehenge thing on Spinal Tap. I'm sorry. I'm gonna go back and read it. If that's not true, I'm suing you for slander. Ooh, YouTube drama. It's 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 true. Like you know, we can make a the Malert movie together. If this made money, maybe they'll make a Malert movie. We'll talk later. Yeah, and they can be like Smurfs, like little in a tree. 
and have like a Gargamel alien fight them. It'll be great. But remember, they're very angry, dangerous Smurfs. Yeah, like and Gargamel will be like a nice grandma or something. It'll be cool. All right, so Ian, last chance. So, so far, they haven't changed really anything, but you still have the power. Well, our focus group was talking about what they thought could improve this film. We've got a fairly diverse cast, but people are saying we're missing a lot of opportunities with this all-female fish people to really include, especially since they there's there's a whole kind of uh, intersex thing happening when when they uh, figure out how they make more eggs. When they fuck? Something like that. I don't know these fish people. What's your world? I didn't read the script. I mean, they just basically scissor, but it's all good. Well, see, that's the thing. Is people want more LGBT content. And in this case, it's going to be very strongly L and very strongly fish. That is what that is what our audience is demanding. They are demanding lesbian fish people. So we're just want to we just want to sneak that in as a little just as a little nod, and it's going to get a lot more Tumblr cred. Sally Hawkins, what have you wrought? <laughs> it's going to get a lot more Tumblr cred, and and, and but we really want to we're gonna we're gonna take a little bit of the budget, and we're gonna we're gonna send some do some good focus groups because we we want this to be authentic. We don't want this to be like this isn't a cash grab. This isn't a cash grab, guys. I see that look at your face. It's not a cash grab. We want to make something that's meaningful to people. You don't want it to be tasteless fish fucking. Absolutely not. You want it to be sensual and real. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the emotional impact of between the fish people. That's that's what we're getting at. Just as a little bit aside. I know this is a kids movie, so we're gonna keep. <laughs> I mean, it was a kids movie. I don't know what it is anymore. It's something like that's why they just cut like they they like put their heads foreheads against each other and play the soft romantic mu- music, and then we cut, and then they have kids. Like there's enough inferred there. That's all we need. And then the fanfic people can write in whatever they oh, yeah. want, and we'll just capitalize that. You know, the Rule Thirty Four people will have they'll fill in the blanks of what happened in between that. I'll clip. answer all of Tumblr's questions about how they fuck though. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's Dude, to, like, he has detailed notes. I've seen, I've seen his sketches. They're we've, we've got the AMA sketches. My sketches are not good, but they are sensual. They're detailed. Detailed is the word I would use. We, we've got the AMA scheduled, so we're on track for that. That's the last note I wanted to sneak in. Every, everything else, we're making money. Love it. All right, so are you having the fish lesbian orgy or not? I no, mean, no, no, again, no. tasteful. I, we will film it for the producer, and I will send him his screener cut. We'll have it, and the actual print I send will not have it at all. All right. And, and I will distract him by going, here's your fish porn, like, on it real big, and he'll just be so, like, watching his fish porn, and it won't matter. Can I come over later? Absolutely. Okay, good. So, yeah. We can ride my speeder. Because so, i got to work with speeder. In that case, so nothing style. changes the... Egg laying scene is still the most iconic part of the movie. But I do have a note here. You actually, egg iconic? Oh, God. Yeah, so it's actually not about the movie, but an update on your uh, lawsuit for James Cameron. So it turns out that uh, in a role reversal, Cameron actually found some dirt on you instead. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he found out that actually uh, Star Wars, that Star Wars you produced, was actually you were originally producing a six-episode Doctor Who special, and you just reappropriated it as Star Wars. You just changed Jedi from uh, Jedi to Time Lord, or the other way around. So the internet is melting down with this revelation. The fans are... There have already been several deaths. Which Star Wars was it? Uh, the first one. Episode one? 
episode four. He made oh. every Star Wars, so oh. um, so it was it was all of them. Yeah, so I, um, I always knew this day would come. And also, the fact that that makes Mark Hamill the whatever doctor, but whatever, um, that's for the courts to figure out. Uh, James Cameron is very excited to take on Disney on this, so we'll see what happens. I would suggest going to a shelter, because some people are coming for you. And with that note, uh, we are going to end, as we always do, with a quote from our patron saint, Guy Fury. Holy moly stromboli. Thank you, everybody, and good night. Or good day.